The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We are down to the nitty-gritty here. Three games left in the season. All the coaches have been hired. We're moving along through the off-season, where the, the mid-season, post-season process, and we are headed... Okay, go ahead. Um, and we are... Heading towards the Super Bowl, exciting times. We will be in uh, South Beach doing a bunch of shows from, I guess, Radio Row. We don't know the details, but we'll all be together. The Super Friends will be down there. We'll have lots of people popping on to give analysis, picks, everything you possibly need for the Super Bowl. So make sure, rate, review, subscribe. There's multiple recaps from the divisional round in your feed. Check those out, as well as... An emergency Kevin Stefanski hired by the Browns podcast. If you're itching for coaching information, of course, maybe you want that and you get it right here because we got Jonathan Jones on the show to talk winners and losers. JJ, what's up? Hap- what's happening? He said, <laughs> say what's up and what's happening at the same time. What's going on, buddy? Uh, yeah, man. I just got back from, I was in San Francisco doing Niners for, uh, for the week. When, when are you moving to San Francisco? Uh, I am not. I think that you've heard this, but rent prices are just ridiculous out there. They are. Uh, but I will be back out there this week uh, to cover them and that game, the NFC title game, uh, Niners-Packers. But, uh, yeah, happy to be back in the confines of Charlotte. And Charlotte is a place that we're going to discuss because uh, Charlotte has a new coach, Matt Rule. It's a shame, J.J., that Matt Rule didn't go – to New York because the headlines for like, like overruled, but they did get Joe Judge. So that works out well for us. Let's, uh, we're going to do winners and losers style on these coaching searches. And I think that as we, uh, rip through those and give out our winners and losers that I believe that we will encompass everybody within the coaching search. There are only five. This is a short coaching cycle. Is that bizarre? Sure is. I think, I think they got. Everyone was trigger happy last year. I think that they realized that going after the next Sean McVay was not uh, going to be the best course of action. And but then there is still just that that bad taste in your mouth about retreads. And so while Rivera and McCarthy got hired, uh, understanding that they are second time head coaches, I think that one because they didn't like they didn't want to do the whole next McVay thing, and then two, there's just a general distaste for. Uh, retreads that most people just said, all right, maybe the grass won't be greener on the other side. You know, it's weird though. I feel like the, it's like the young offensive mind definitely calls him like, it's like, it's like, whoa, somebody hired Zach Taylor. It's like, this has gone too far. This is a problem. Right. But like, uh, I hate to break Matt LaFleur is in the conference championship game. <laughs> like, like, you know, yeah. They, I mean, like, it's, they it's hired, worked they, out there. It, it yeah. certainly has worked out there, but yeah, I do think that they went. They certainly went too far with with Zach Taylor, and the jury for me uh, is still out on a Cliff Kingsbury necessarily. But like, yeah, I think Matt LaFleur had enough in his resume to warrant 
the job from the jump, right? Yeah. And I also think the other thing that was a clear cut focus of this coaching search was CEO types. Like if I was picking a theme, that's what I would put on this is like guys who either have experience as a head coach and running an organization as like a CEO type or guys who, you know, come from like Matt rule is not a offensive defensive specialist. He comes, you know, he's like, he's a program builder. Joe judge is not a, offensive or defensive guy special teams he focuses on all area you know like it's just stuff it's basically like freddie kitchen's got the keys to a car and re- and like f- went driving off a turnpike and everybody panicked and then ironically the browns are the only ones who hire an offensive coordinator and kevin stefanski anyway uh let's get to the winners and losers who do you have as your first winner my first winner from this cycle actually the dallas cowboys mm. um listen i think I, I, I sort of, my eyes started glazing over after the fourth or so, uh, media story or media outlet did the Mike McCarthy it has changed as a head coach and he's going to lean into analytics. <laughs> right. Okay. I heard it. I got it. And listen, honestly, all of that stuff and meeting people and flying up coaches into a barn in Green Bay, Wisconsin, all this stuff, it won't mean a hill of beans if on third and three from the 40, you decide that, uh, you know, no matter what, I'm punting after this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I still need to see it in action. And obviously, we're not going to do that until he gets another opportunity. But you can talk until you're blue in the face about analytics or the computer folks that you've hired or the big analytics guy that you spoke with. Right, Dave Gettleman? But until it happens, you know, are you still going to revert back to your old ways? All of those things said, I do think that he has learned a little bit. I do think that because the the narrative on him and Aaron Rodgers and their working relationship took up so much oxygen about the Green Bay Packers and about Mike McCarthy that he was lessened as a head coach. But he even said, like, I think I'm a pretty good head coach before he got fired. And I agree with him. And I think the Cowboys made the best coaching decision that they could have made. I thought that he was the best fit for them. And so now he gets to work with Dak Prescott. It's a really good marriage all the way around for me. Um, okay, I got some questions about this. I, I, I tend to agree with you, though. Like, I think sort of lost in this analytics revolution. And, like, I'm pro-analytics and I'm pro-nerd and I like dorking out on stats. But I think a little bit lost in this analytics revolution, and maybe this is the old man in me coming out, um, is is the fact that, like, for instance, Bill O'Brien. I think that Bill O'Brien is a giant wuss bag. Uh, when it comes to operating on fourth and short in situations like that. However, he's a really good football coach. Like Pete Carroll, do I agree with his offensive philosophy and how he approaches trying to establish the run and not letting Russ, Russell Wilson cook and punting on fourth and short in his opponent's territory? Of course not. I think it's surprisingly cowardly for a man of his age and his enthusiasm. And yet Pete Carroll is a very good football coach. The same thing with Mike McCarthy. I tend to think that what happened to Mike McCarthy more than anything is the, and Aaron Rodgers is from 2013 to 2015, they suffered three straight walk-off playoff losses. And then Aaron Rodgers started dealing with some injuries and it just took its toll on everybody. And it was like Andy Reid at the end of his run in Philly. Like, it was just time to get out. It was time for a reboot. Or even Ron Rivera at his time in, in Carolina. Like, it was just time. You, you know what I mean? Like, that's how it felt to me in Green Bay. I, Jerry Jones doesn't care for in-game analytics. He said that. They asked him about Jason Garrett going for it on fourth. He's like, I think that's dust ever blown. So, like, I, I have no reason <laughs> to believe Mike McCarthy is going to magically start going for it on fourth now. I don't think so either. I do believe in him as as a quarterback 
I don't want to say whisper. I feel like such a doofus saying something like that. No, but, but that's I do, fine. That's a fine. Yeah. He, he developed Aaron Rodgers. That's fine. He, he developed Matt Flynn into a free agent monster. That's right. And like that their relationship soured like a lot of relationships after, you know, some time in the NFL. For me, it usually takes like two years with a girl and eventually that's it. <laughs> and so for, for them, it, yeah, it took like 10 years. Okay. Now he can like get with Dak Prescott and hopefully for the Dallas Cowboys and for Mike McCarthy and, and, and Dak, like they can have a great eight of the 10 years and then everything sours and then they go their separate ways. You're like, uh, D- you like Debo's tweet about Mr. Trubisky. Did you ever see that one? I don't know. Maybe you don't follow Debo on Twitter. This is awkward, but, uh, Debo tweeted about, um, when Mitchell Trubisky on the, in that Lions Thanksgiving game, when Trubisky's running for the first down and then just like does a hard left, he's like, "That line is commitment, and I am Mitchell Trubisky." Like, just, like, <laughs> just dead ninety degree turn away from commitment. It was a very good tweet. Uh, but yeah, look, that's smart. On, first of all, smart on you for the two year thing. Uh, good for you. That's that's wise. I respect that. I, I, I hope to break that, I, and I think I am going to break that. But that's that's <laughs> my past. I'm not to get into that. You're not you're not going to be my doctor Phil here, but. I, I, I'm not I think, Dr. Phil and you. I'm telling you to keep riding the two year thing as long as you can. Don't, don't, don't make, don't make any, don't make any rash decisions. Um, I'm getting grief for being an AWOL parent during the NFL playoffs. Like this is my damn job. Uh, anyway, so. I, parent like I, Antonio Brown. Seriously, what a freaking creep. Um, the, the thing with the, like, do, do you think the Cowboys will be the best team in the NFC East in 2019? 2020. 2020, the best team in the NFC. Yes, because they're the most talented. Um, but not just because they are the most talented. I like their head coach. I, I did think that Doug Peterson got more out of less, uh, than, than a lot of people, at least mm. certainly in the NFC East and down the stretch. I still like the Cowboys. Uh, I still like Chris Richard, who, you know, should just be giving the defensive, be given the defensive coordinator title and be done with it. Um, yeah, I, I think I think no doubt they should be the favorites in the NFC East. Did um, do we do we know who the offensive coordinator is yet? Did I miss that? I don't think we do, right? Because Kellen is Kellen Moore deciding? Has he decided? He's listed on the outside as offensive coordinator. I don't know if it has yet been decided, but I think I think that he will remain there. The question, of course, is going to be who's going to call the plays. Right, Mike McCarthy said many years ago. I guess not many, like three or four years ago, after giving up play calls for some period of time and the offense struggling, he said, I'm never doing that again. And yeah, he's, a I, good, he's a good play caller. That's right. And he knows how to manage it in the game as well. A lot of these coaches can't do both, and they think that they can and they cannot. Yeah. Uh, Mike McCarthy proved time and again that he was able to be a head coach and be a play caller. Right, and that like that's what undid Freddie Kitchens, is trying to call plays and trying to manage the game at the same time. It's really hard to do. I agree with you. I I think I think Kellen Moore, provided that it's not a forced marriage and that Kellen Moore is okay not calling plays, makes a lot of sense. You got Kitna as the quarterbacks coach, assuming he stays. Kellen Moore has a lot of is, is Kitna out? Did I miss that? Okay, never mind. Kitna's out. All right. Well, update your website, Cowboys. What are you doing? <laughs> you got Jimmy Johnson on here as the head coach. What's what the hell? <laughs> um. Seriously though, update your, uh, oh, actually, you know what? They, they haven't done anything with it because Rod Marinelli is still the defensive coordinator. Okay. Anyway, whatever. Kitna's not there. Who cares? Who gives a crap? Uh, Kellen Moore 
quarterback quarterbacks coach slash offensive coordinator kind of blend like he can work with Dak he knows how to talk to Dak I like the, I like the idea there and I think he and McCarthy can help blend um you know sort of their offensive philosophies and Kellen Moore is, likes to use motion likes to use bunch stuff Mike McCarthy has not always done that I would presume that he is he's going to do that moving forward and like the Cowboys could shift into a loser if if you get 2016 to 2018 McCarthy right I mean that's right. That's how it goes south. But if you get 2011 to 2015 McCarthy, then you hit the home run of the, the hiring cycle. I also think he has the highest floor. Uh, I will say that one winner in this cycle, and I, mine are sort of uh, related to retain. My winners are related to retaining people. I would say okay. Tom Tom Brady is a winner here. So I think Tom he, Brady he usually he he wins a lot. So does, that you does. that you are giving him this title, uh, you know, where is he going to stick that? Uh, well, I mean, if there's room, I could make a ring. I could do, I could build a plaque that's like Brinson's 2020 coaching search winner, like third runner up. And he could slide right. it right between like one of his MVP trophies. And, uh, does he only have one MVP? He has more than one. Right? No, he has two. Oh, seven to 10, I believe. That's oh, right. no. And then he, then he wanted, uh, he might even have three. But anyway. No, he's got two because Matt Ryan beat him out and then he beat Ryan in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, you can slide that. Look, that's a perfect, you got, you got, you got two little bookends. MVP, Brinson coaching search winner, MVP. It fits perfectly. I think that we'll find that plaque in a Boston area goodwill about two <laughs> weeks later. Giselle's going to throw it out the window. What is this piece of paper mache? Um, anyway, Tom Brady, here's the deal. Tom Brady and JJ has a good piece that you can check out on, on twitter.com. JJ Jones, is it JJ Jones nine? JJ Jones nine. J. Jones 9, that you did for uh, Tops, breaking down how Tom Brady's decision this offseason will impact uh, what happens, cascading after effects of the free agent market, yada, yada. I think Tom Brady wants to come back to New England, and he'll come back. Um, he won in 2017. So he has three Debo? Yeah, he has three. Yeah, he, yeah. he has three. He won, in, he won in 07 and 10 and then in 17 when he was the oldest MVP winner. As anyone who's listened to this podcast for the last 48 hours knows, I've, I'm just throwing facts away and just trying to muscle through the next 48 hours of Clemson winning another national title. Um, it's about to happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is about to happen. It actually already happened when people were listening. Anyway, um, I'm on a lot of coffee today. So um, Tom Brady is a winner because I think he wants to come back to New England. I think Bill Belichick is undecided about what he wants to do. But to me, being able to retain Josh McDaniels and keep that continuity – I, McDaniels at some point is going to fly the coop, right? But being able to retain him this year, you lose Joe Judge. Jason Lockenfor reported they pushed Joe Judge towards New York. Being able to retain him, JJ, signals to me that Belichick is more likely to bring Tom Brady back to New England in 2020 than we might have thought otherwise. Well, I think, honestly, and this is something that I've been paying very close attention to since he redid his contract. I think it, it's, yeah, sure. Josh McDaniels being there is another uh, point in the column of come back to New England. I don't know. I think with Tom Brady, it is about he wants not just another year contract around 23 to 25 million. He wants to be paid like the top quarterback in the league or a top three quarterback in the league. But then he also, I think, wants to, he keeps saying, I want to play to 45. Well, he he's going to be 43 now. So let's do the math. I need a two to three year contract. I can't keep doing this one year or one plus one and all this stuff. Like that's not going to happen. 
And so if the Patriots are not willing to offer him some sort of quote-unquote long-term security as much as a two- or three-year contract is long-term, I don't think that he wants to do that. I think that he wants to be somewhere where they say, you know what, Tom, we're not just taking a chance on you. We're not just doing this year-to-year. You are the greatest quarterback of all time, and we're going to give you a contract that lets you play until the age that you want to play at. And so if the Patriots don't offer him that, I do think that he takes very seriously – one of what could be a dozen to 15 teams 15. that come to him and say, hey, absolutely. Peyton Manning had tw- had 12 suitors in 2012 when he had the, the Frankenstein monster neck the, and a noodle were covering, arm. Were you covering the NFL in 2012? You yes. Were? yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I thought you were. I just couldn't. It's been a long time. Like, that was the wildest offseason ever like and, th- and this one will outdoors and like submarines meeting with pete carroll like it was crazy stuff like you didn't know where the hell he was gonna go and this would be even crazier and this is not something that i got into on uh on the pregame show on sunday but whereas peyton manning was hanging out at duke and he had uh, a liaison with david cutcliffe yeah. where uh his agent is known to sort of speak with the media where peyton has has very strong relationships with a lot of members of the media tom brady has like issued a, a notice to his father to stop talking about him. Yeah. Like, you know, he refused so- to do uh, post game interviews on even on prime time for a full year after uh, bounty after the uh, uh, gate. Yeah. Right, and so I like we're going to know less about Tom Brady's movements and what he wants to do, and there are going to be more teams that want him because they're going to say two to three years to get one to two conference championships and maybe a Super Bowl. Hell yeah, I'm going to do that. So it's going to be even crazier than Peyton Manning in 2012. Yeah, and don't forget that a team like the Chargers or the Raiders may want to just boost their stature in the community as it relates to ticket sales and sort of, you know, you're going to a new, you're you're in a new market or you're in a market where you struggle to get a foothold. If the I mean the Chargers added Tom Brady, they would get a foothold. Absolutely, and people are also going to look at this and they're going to say, oh, let's do. Uh, he couldn't go to. Uh, this team, because they already have a quarterback, right? A Derek Carr. Uh, the same thing with Indianapolis. You think that Indianapolis wouldn't say, okay, sorry, Jacoby. We're, we're going after Tom Brady. And so it's not just simply like, okay, Cincinnati's taking Joe Burrow. What's Carolina going to do? No, teams with quarterbacks who could be the week one starter today uh, would very much say, yeah, we're going after Tom. Yeah. Uh, all right, give me another winner on your list. Another winner is Washington, the Washington national football team. Getting not only Ron Rivera, whom I respect as a head coach and as a man, but getting a number of very quality folks in the front office. Rob Rogers is going to be uh, the cap guy up there. Ryan Vermillion is going to be the head athletic trainer, both of them coming from Carolina. And then, obviously, listen, I don't believe in Dan Snyder. I do not at all. But it does appear that he is willing to take a hands-off approach. Again, very similar to Mike McCarthy. I'm going to believe it when I see it. But he has made a very good hire here. It appears that he's letting football people do football things. Bruce Allen wasn't given some plum job somewhere else in the organization, but away from football, but he would still kind of have his hands in it. it, it he's made what I, uh, you know, presume to be a clean sweep and is starting over and is saying, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to let the people that I pay to do this actually do it. And so I think that Washington is a winner. I couldn't agree with you more. I think to, just like extended, I think Redskins fans are big winners because it looked like that was, I cannot imagine 
a worse situation to be rooting for a professional sports team than to know that your owner is buddies with this GM who just doesn't care. You have a dilapidated stadium situation. Um, you know, you have like I don't want to speak bad about the trainer there, but like you look at adjusted games loss on football outsiders year to year injuries are a luck type of thing. They, they right. even out. Like if you're bottom five in the league in injuries in games lost to injury, in 2019, there's a decent chance you'll be top five in 2020. Like that luck tends to just, you know, gravitate towards the mean. The Redskins have been bottom five for the last six years. Like that's, that's not luck. You have a bad training staff in all likelihood. And in all likelihood. Yeah. Right. Like I don't want to, I don't want to disparage this like licensed medical professional who's been employed by the Redskins for 18 years and is now fired, but bringing Ryan Vermillion in there, who is one of the better you know, trainers in the league in terms of how he manages players. He's very conservative about taking care of players. You had the Trent Williams fiasco. They're probably going to get Trent Williams back in the fold now. And right. I agree with you. Ron Rivera, at the very worst, will, if if Dan Snyder keeps his hands off, and I don't know that there's a guarantee of past, like, two years that he'll do it, but if he does, Ron Rivera, at the very least, will build a baseline of culture and reestablish the Redskins like moving forward. And maybe it's not Ron who takes that big leap in terms of winning a ton of games, but I think he will build a very nice foundation there. So I, I agree with you completely. Um, I will take Kyle. As your next winner. Oh, yes, as my next winner. Unless you want to add to Rivera, by all means, go ahead. No, not at all. Who is your next winner? I'm going to take a former Washington Redskins coach, Kyle Shanahan, the current San Francisco 49ers head coach. He is... Um, was not up for another job, although I think the Redskins, I mean, no, the Redskins are fine with Rivera, but man, wouldn't the, like the Browns let him walk? The Redskins fired him. Uh, the Falcons let him walk and kept Dan Quinn. I don't know. Maybe, maybe more people should yeah, have. May, may, maybe the Browns should have picked him over Johnny Menzel. Yeah. Or even Mike Pettin. Have you seen the, I, I didn't realize that Adam Lefko had tweeted out in like 2018, but there's this clip of like Mike Pettin calls a play and like his trash talking Kyle Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan like makes this like, face like it's like a total fu face on the sidelines as his coordinator that makes me think oh. that the niners are going to blast the packers yeah just, yep probably just like just out of spite um but shanahan his top coordinator his top defensive coordinator robert sala who's gotten more facetime on national television than freaking tom brady this year yeah uh, but not more but not more facetime than jj watt that's true not more than jj watt jj watt does get a lot of facetime um, Sala is not leaving because the Browns picked Kevin Stefanski over him. And to me, that is a big, big win for the 49ers. Now you, we can debate the merits of, uh, whether or not they should have taken Robert Sala and why Robert Sala and, and somebody like an Eric Bieniemy didn't get more interviews. And I think they should have. Um, but for the, for the 49ers to be able to keep Robert Sala in place for 2020, I mean, you got a bunch of guys under contract. You have a bunch of young talent. There's no reason to think that this defense is going to drop off next year. No, you, you don't. They have fantastic personnel. And not to say that, uh, you know, some robot can do Robert Sala's job because that is not at all it. Uh, you cannot, some robot can't hold the Minnesota Vikings to seven first downs, uh, <laughs> to, and Dalvin Cook to 21 rushing yards. Like that's, that's, that takes a lot of skill and scheme. You know, Richard Sherman and I had asked him the question that elicited this response after the game where he said, listen, I read and heard in the media that this was a game that was going to decide the next Browns head coach, that it was Salah versus Kevin Stefanski. 
well, I think we know who the next Browns head coach is going to be or something to that effect. And then, of course, we find out that no, 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 that's not true. And honestly, you know, truth be told, uh, the Browns shouldn't make the decision based off one game. You know, it, it should be uh, over the totality of someone's career and certainly over the past season. Um, that said, I think that I 100% agree with you. It is sad that Salah did not get a head coaching job. It is sad that Eric Bieniemy did not get a head coaching job. Um, these are two extremely w- well-qualified men, guys who in the past two to three years especially, uh, men with exactly similar resumes or less than also get one of the 32 head coaching jobs. And so that they have not gotten it is is very disheartening and disappointing. However, all of those things said, if we're asking for winners and losers, a winner is obviously the San Francisco 49ers because they are a better team with him as a part of that staff. Uh, well, let's sort of loop that together as a, as a bigger discussion point because your next winner would be the – Kansas City Chiefs, and it is for the reasons that we just espoused, and similarly to Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator who has overseen still a reigning MVP for the next couple of weeks in Patrick Mahomes, uh, a guy who has overseen an offense that was able to get the Kansas City Chiefs to not one but two buys, first-round buys in the playoffs. This is a fantastic uh, coach who, no, does he call the plays? No, he does not. Neither did Nagy. Neither did Peterson. This is a a point of Nagy did for a half a season. For a half a season. Half a season, yes. He was able to do it for a few games. Andy Reid, Andy Reid's offense was stagnating, so he turned it over to Nagy. Just as a point of, and then Nagy peed down his leg in that playoff game against the Titans. Just as a point of reference. No, and it's important. It's it's not just a point of reference. It is a, it's a correction. You're too nice to say that, but I appreciate that. Um, but the enemy has, has, has proven that he can work with the best that he can get probably the most out of the best. And, you know, I have been around him at a number of press conferences. I've spoken to other coaches. And it's just, it is, again, it is disheartening that a guy who, if you if you have a checklist of things that you absolutely have to have for your next head coach, he checks every box. And yet last year and this year again, he cannot get a head coaching job. I, as a uh, middle-aged white guy, I feel uh, qualified to say this. If uh, Eric Bieniemy was a middle-aged white guy, he would already have a job as a head coach, or at least more interviews. Um, you look at how long he's been with Andy Reid since, I mean, 2013. Okay, he was the running backs coach of the Vikings for five years, from 2006 to 2010. He was the OC at Colorado for two years, and then he's been with the Chiefs from 2013 to 2019. Uh, five years as a running back coach, and two as the offensive coordinator. Matt Nagy was offensive coordinator for uh, two years, or one year, excuse me, the official offensive coordinator for one year. He was the quarterback's coach. He took over after Doug Peterson became the OC, and then Doug Peterson jumped to Philly. Doug was the OC in, in Kansas City for three years. So I get it. Like, he established himself, and he was worth it. It's just weird that, like, people, like, Matt, Doug Peterson took over the Eagles, has been to the playoffs three times, has won a Super Bowl. People can get all... Frank Reiche about Doug Peterson, but the dude won a Super Bowl and he's a ballsy play caller and an inventive guy who's operated with multiple quarterbacks and won a Super yeah. Bowl with a backup. Absolutely. Matt Nagy, maybe people get mad about his inability to run the football or his, you know, like wanting to pass a Mitchell Trubisky. The team went eight and eight this year and that was a down season after they won the division in his first year. He's a good coach. So like if Eric Bienemy was a middle-aged white former quarterback, 
wouldn't people be flocking to the Chiefs to be like, hey, we got to get the next Peterson, next Nagy? I mean, like, what is this? Is it the CEO hiring thing? What is it? Is it actually a race thing? What do you what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, it is. It absolutely is a race thing. Um, Yeah, I I mean, it it is. And I don't really know how else to how else to put it. It's just it is everything that you said is absolutely true. And as much as a hypothetical can be true. Um, that Andy Reid is one of the most respected head coaches of the past four decades in the NFL. Uh, right now, who, who would you, uh, put him, put above him? It would be Bill Belichick. And that's really it in terms of respectability for a head coach. Uh, okay. He can't win a big one. All right. That's the knock. Sure. Whatever. If, but can if he Andy hire? Reed, if Andy Reid wins the Super Bowl this year, he probably goes down as a top 10 head coach of all time. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's already, I think, top six in wins. Um, I mean, so all, he that would, do, all he has to do is win one Super Bowl and he's going to secure, like, that's the only thing holding him back. It's like a, it's like a golfer with the major thing. I mean, I get right. it. Well, he's yeah, he's, one. he's Dan Marino. Or Philip Rivers, right, sure. Right. Oh, God, no. Um, <laughs> but I like Phil. If Eli goes in the Hall of Fame, Philip Rivers better go in the Hall of Fame. I actually think Philip Rivers is a better comp for Andy Reid than, than Dan Marino just because of the late game shenanigans, but that's neither here nor there. Um, all right, anyway, but, uh, yeah, but we agree. The, 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 yeah, we do agree. And the point being, of course, um, if, if all of this stuff was good enough for a Doug Peterson and it was good enough for a Matt Nagy and Andy Reid continues to find the best coaching talent out there that can win a Super Bowl, that can get the most out of Mitch Trubisky, that you have to believe that this guy who is getting the most out of Patrick Mahomes who continues to lead this offense, who helped get a uh, a 51-7 to run in the divisional round of the playoffs, that this can be a guy that can lead your football team. Yeah, like you don't want the offensive coordinator for the team that just scored 51 points? Really? Okay, I'd at least talk to him. My last winner, and then we'll take a quick break, the Baltimore Ravens. So, yeah, bad weekend for Baltimore. They got blasted by the Titans. Sometimes teams get on a heater and you just run into trouble and you catch the ultimate um, kryptonite for for your setup. And that's sort of what happened with Baltimore. Bad weekend for them. But uh, because of the way that the hiring cycle worked out and who people were looking at, the Baltimore Ravens, who crafted this perfect ecosystem around Lamar Jackson with a great offensive coordinator. Uh, they have Don Martindale there as a defensive coordinator. Neither of those guys got jobs. How is that possible? The Ravens are the, one of the greatest regular season teams of all time, and nobody stole their coordinators from them. So John Harbaugh, is gonna, barring a big surprise, is going to come back with Greg Roman and Don Martindale and most of his personnel on both sides of the ball. There is no reason to think the Ravens won't have another opportunity to make a run, uh, except for the fact that they have a running back at quarterback, is, which Twitter would tell you is the case. I think once the the odds come out for the uh, for Super Bowl 55, which they will obviously come out in the hour after the end of Super Bowl 54 down in South Florida, mm-hmm. I think that you're you're going to have right. I think that you we're going to have number one probably the winner of the Super Bowl as the with the best odds to repeat. And then number two will be the Baltimore Ravens. I would, I would actually argue that the Ravens will be the number favorite. one, no matter what. Yeah, because I think that if the Chiefs win, if the Chiefs, I think win, the Chiefs sure. yeah. if the Chiefs win, they would. But yeah, if a, if the quote unquote fluky Titans win, then yeah, I'm with you on the Ravens. But if the Chiefs win, the Chiefs will be number one. The, the Ravens will not be more than five to one. I can promise you that because they have they're getting all their personnel back and their offensive skill position players are uh, even younger. I was hoping to see. 
they issued some kind of odds. I was hoping they'd already have him out, but I guess not. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll rip through some losers. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. We heard the winners of the coaching search is Jonathan Jones, Jay Jones 9 on Twitter. Watch him on CBS Sports HQ, of course. Let's get to the losers. Who's your big loser in the uh, coaching search? Oh, number one, it would be the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins losing Kevin Stefanski. I know we're going to rip through these. Kevin Stefanski. Well, really, that's because really, actually I have Kirk Cousins as a loser, so we'll just combine those. We'll combine them and we'll just take it from there. Yeah. Uh, Stefanski is a fantastic offensive coordinator. I think that he was deserving of the Browns job. I think that uh, he called a fantastic game against the New Orleans Saints. I think that his personnel was completely and entirely overmatched by the San Francisco 49ers. I believed in what he was trying to do in establishing the run, and they continued to do that throughout the season, running the ball 49.4% of the time. They ran the ball more than the San Francisco 49ers did this past season. They believe the run opens up the pass. They also believe that the pass opens up the run, just like how Shanahan does believe. And so Kirk Cousins losing Kevin Stefanski, Mike Zimmer losing Kevin Stefanski, is going to be a big blow. They still have Gary Kubiak, so they're probably still going to be okay, but that's a huge blow to the Vikings. I could not agree more. Kirk Cousins actually finished with better regular season stats in uh, like volume stats in 2018. They did in 2019, which sort of surprises me, but I don't think anyone would suggest that he was a better quarterback in 18 than he was in 19. Like in 19, he was just a better quarterback and they used play action a ton. Davin cook was fully healthy. Uh, you know, his, his TD percentage shot up his inter- interception percentage dropped down. Um, you saw that his yards per attempt rose by a full yard. His adjusted yards per attempt rose 1.4 yards, uh, yards per completion raised 1.6 yards. Insane. His quarterback rating spiked up eight points. His QBR jumped up a little bit as well. Uh, net yards per attempt, up almost a full yard. In other words, he was vastly more efficient because the guy who was in charge of the offense, Kevin Stefanski, believes in analytics and applied that analytical approach to, to maximizing Kirk Cousins' strengths and minimizing his weaknesses. And it's entirely possible um, that what ends up happening is you get a case where um, you know Mike Zimmer and this offense um, you know decide to because I don't think they've hired anybody. Pat Shermer went to the Broncos, which means they won't be bringing Shermer back. Um, Pat Shermer's trying to get his punch card by going to all 32 NFL teams. And, um, the, like, if the Vikings decide to go with an old school Zimmer friendly offensive coordinator, I think it could backfire on them because Kirk Cousins needs certain things in place. 
to to really elevate his team. Like I think he needs everything right around him and the right kind of play calling. So I agree with you completely on that. Who else do you have on the losers? Got the Panthers as the losers, and not because I dislike the Matt Rule hiring. I don't dislike it. And honestly, I don't care about the contract because David Tepper can pay whatever he wants to him and and suffer those consequences. And, of course, the taxpayers will also suffer because the money that goes to Matt Rule could go to stadium upgrades that he inevitably will shake down the city council for. But as (laughs) – As a bunch of soccer, I'll need the cash. Thank you. That's right. That's right. That's that's, uh, said as a Charlotte taxpayer and not a journalist, by the way. Um, From (laughs) – but. As, as it relates though to the rest of the organization, Tepper came in and changed the business side completely because they were really in the 20th century when he bought the team, uh, two years ago, uh, in terms of a number of things on the business side. Football side, he kept static. He said, I want to get my hands into this and, and see what's going on. And then I'll decide if I need to make changes. He made changes with Ron Rivera, not saying that was the wrong decision, but allowing Ron Rivera to take so many people from that organization to Washington. Again, we talked earlier about Ryan Vermillion, the head athletic trainer. Uh, Rob Rogers worked behind the scenes as that salary cap manager, masseuse. So many agents dealt with Rob Rogers, along with Marty Herney, but like agents who deal with the Carolina Panthers dealt with Rob Rogers as well. And so those are two key pieces, along with any number of other people. You know, Sam Mills, uh, uh, he took the linebackers coach, Steve Russ. And so while Matt Rule may very well be a program builder, and he's proven it at Temple and at Baylor, he has never proven it in the NFL because he has been in the NFL for one year before this. That was almost a decade ago. And then on top of that, I'm just afraid that there there's too much to fill in for the Panthers going into 2020. I, that's a good point that I hadn't really considered is because I think Matt Rule can build the personnel in terms of the players and find players that will work in his system and how he wants to adapt his his system to his players, et cetera, et cetera. But it is a vastly different thing having to build out a program in the, in terms of behind the scenes. That helps a lot in terms of maybe keeping Marty Herney. You know, I know that some Panthers fans not fans of Marty Herney. I like Marty, um, but that that transition should be helpful there. I am going to throw out that uh, – do we have a crossover here? Because I have Jimmy Haslam. No, we don't have a crossover here. Jimmy Haslam, but I'm sure you agree. Jimmy Haslam is a loser because Jimmy yes. Haslam hired a head coach. So to, just to for those who don't realize it, Jimmy Haslam, as we pointed out on the Kevin Stefanski thing, Jimmy Haslam went all in on analytics, then uh, got all went like a half measure on it, all in on analytics, then like immediately turned halfway through the process and went all in on football dudes and let the football dudes use the the assets for the nerds. And then he was like, oh, crap, this isn't working. So he fired all the football dudes, and then he hired a bunch more nerds. And so now the nerds have to make all the guys who the football dudes drafted work in the nerd system. And it's just a total mess. And if you read the reporting on this Kevin Stefanski thing, the Browns, New Browns coaching staff is going to be required to turn over their weekly offensive game plan uh, to the analytics team, which I'm fine with. They should be talking and all that. But also the owner, Jimmy Haslam, to review by Friday night. This isn't it's, going to work. It's really bad, and I didn't want anyone to go take this job because it is – yes, it's one of 32, but but big money is not always good money. And I made this point on the pregame show on Sunday – it's like, have you ever turned down a job that was that was for way more money, but you just didn't feel that it was right? So what do you do? Like, for me, when I did that, I went to the bar, and I drank. I dealt with the hangover the next day, and I was like, all right, I made the right decision. And I wish that Kevin Stefanski or Robert Sauer or anybody that was up for that position would have been like, whew, boy, 
is this really worth it? Because I don't <laughs> think it is. Maybe we should go on a second date before I decide to lock it up. Uh, who else do you have as a loser? I have Jason Garrett as a loser. Uh, not only did he lose his job, not only did, you know, he wasn't retained or extended, um, but the dance, the public dance that was done with him for like a week was, I thought, embarrassing, uh, both for the Cowboys and also for Jason Garrett. But then also, because things took so long, it took Jason Garrett out of the mix for anything else. Whether, you know, two of the five head coaches that were hired were retreads. No one discussed Jason Garrett as a possible head coach somewhere else. There was, you know, some talk about the Giants, and I never really bought into that. And now, can he be an offensive coordinator somewhere? Should the former head coach of the Dallas Cowboys be an offensive coordinator anywhere? Probably not. He's going to take the year off. He'll probably be working in TV somewhere, make that money, have no problem with that at all. But I still find Jason Garrett to be a loser. Oh, crap. Is he going to get hired by CBS Sports HQ? And then, like, I'm going to have to look at him knowing that I called him a coward every day for, like, a year and a half? That's definitely happening, isn't it? Can we scrub me calling him a loser if that happens? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um Hey, Jason, don't – like, it's like – like, I'm like, did I ever write anything about Brady Quinn when I was at AOL? Like, I'm sure I did. It's like, <laughs> thank you, Internet, for destroying the, the archives. Like, because, you know, we talked to Brady so much. And, and I, I wouldn't have meant it if I'd known Brady. Uh, my last loser, Dave Gettleman. Mr. Computer folks himself. Um, look, I, I actually think that Dave Gettleman went out and made a pretty solid hire in terms of Joe Judge. And I like what Joe Judge said. I, I don't know anything about Joe Judge other than that the, his name in, inspires tons of puns. I do worry, though, that Joe Judge uh, is on a different timeline than Dave Gettleman. Like, is Joe Judge supposed to win this year? Because if he is, then that might be problematic for Dave Gettleman because if Dave Gettleman doesn't win this year, maybe he gets fired if the team looks like crap again. And it just feels like the Giants are dysfunctional at this point. I, I think that Dave Gettleman repeatedly, when he does these press conferences, um, has moved from sort of swaggerific Carolina Dave Gettleman, who like brings this New York accent down to Charlotte and sort of surprises people to like now he's in his element and like no one, no one is thrown off by his northern folksiness because he's in the north. Like everybody's like, <laughs> Listen, Dave, we're on to you, pal. And and so uh, for me, I, I consider Dave Gettleman a loser. I don't think that this process has been good for him. It's been a tough process for him. He has not come out of the smell like roses have to agree. Mm. I agree. Uh, do you have oh, – we got them all. You got the Vikings too. Jason Garrett. Get them all. Okay, I've got to run because I have to go do a radio with our friends, Adam Gold and Joe Obvious. Podcast – one podcast listener. We don't know if Joe listens. We'll find out. Um, he'll let me know if he hears this. Jonathan Jones at jjones9 on Twitter. Watch him on CBS Sports HQ and on Tops on Sunday mornings. And uh, make sure to check out the Brady Quinn Football Show tomorrow. JJ, talk to you soon, buddy. Appreciate it. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.